Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. You want to replay the point? Okay. Mr. Vavrinka wants to replay the point. 15 on. And good morning, a very pleasant morning to you. Today is Tuesday, May 9th, 2017. Pete Zebron of Tennis Acumen, joined by Karen Health of Tennis Q Magazine, who is going out to Madrid tonight for the Madrid tournament and then going to spend some time in Europe. Good morning to you, Karen. Hi, good morning from Miami. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, very exciting that you're able to uh, to head off to Spain and then points elsewhere. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but obviously, uh, first and foremost, uh, big news in Madrid, out of Madrid, Jeannie Bouchard takes out Maria Sharapova in a uh, testy match, if you will, uh, leading up to it during the match, a uh, long match, and uh, I was quite surprised uh, at the result, uh, given Jeannie's form and uh, Maria's form, but... Uh, this is what happens when players take the court. Um, want to get your thoughts on this one. Well, obviously a lot of build-up to this match and uh, Maria looking very capable you know, coming out of Stuttgart and, and mentally tough. Um, Jeannie, I'd say, has been quite the underperformer for a while now. And we know she has had great skill and drive earlier on in her career and just kind of has hit a slump. Uh, You know, in watching her, I have kind of felt like ever since she broke away from Nick Saviano, she's she's never been able to get her game back together. And, you know, given the circumstances, the controversy, okay, you know, let's set that aside to a degree. But maybe that also gave her some extra level of motivation. You know, clearly she was, you know, thrilled to take this. She's been outspoken about Maria, and I'm wondering if she's going to be able to ride this now, and you know, if it's going to give Jeannie sort of the boost to get herself back on track, because it just seems like she hasn't been motivated. She hasn't been 100% out on the court for quite some time. Um, you know, for Maria, you know, obviously she's still working on coming back uh, we saw lots of strong components in her game, especially the mental toughness, you know, going for her shots, uh, taking some risks, and you know, being confident in doing that. So, you know, <laughs> despite some of the maybe bad blood around this match, I think it's exciting to potentially see both of them um, getting back into a top form position. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we both were at the match where things all went wrong for Bouchard last year at Indian Wells against Serenko. Mm-hmm. Uh, ironically, the match before um, 
she destroyed Coco Vandeweghe and then just uh, looked like she was about 179 degrees away from that form. And it all mm-hmm. went in a ditch uh, and has been in a ditch for quite some time. Um, big question now for Bouchard is obviously can uh, land for any player who comes off a big win is can they back it up? And Jeannie's got mm-hmm. some momentum for the first time in a very long time. It's going to be exciting what she can do going forward. But um, uh, we'll talk more about Jeannie, but uh, let's talk a little bit about Maria. Obviously, four and two now since the comeback did show good form in Stuttgart had a set lead against Miladinovic uh, did not win that obviously had mm-hmm. chances against Jeannie Bouchard um, it's not like a, a fetter who was off for half of the year or, or something uh, Maria has really been without match play for 15 months she showed encouraging positive signs in Stuttgart but um, uh, here a little bit of a slip up but obviously still time to correct course before the majors come into play what um, what are you thinking uh, that we can see as some results for Maria and obviously some big question marks is she going to be given a main draw wild card qualifying wild card mm-hmm. either a uh, lot to be determined by the uh, organizers well I think with Maria you know we're going to continue to see a tremendous fighter tremendous mental toughness um I'm guessing to some degree maybe, you know, some improved movement, reaction times. Uh, you know, she still was hitting some great shots in, in Stuttgart as well as yesterday. Uh, didn't turn out on her side, but, you know, the first set was 7-5. Uh, then she came back strong and destroyed Jeannie in the second set, and it was, you know, 6-2 in her favor. Uh, so, you know, and then there is some added incentive for some of the players, at least they feel, in, you know, trying to, to knock her out because there are people that don't agree that she's even back playing. So, you know, and then I mentioned last time, you know, I think Maria's got, whether she'll admit it or not, a lot of pressure on her because there's pressure to say, mm-hmm. okay, well, can she perform without taking this medication or drug, whatever you want to call it? Um, obviously I think she's coming out and showing she can, but can she perform to where she has the consistency to start garnering titles again remains to be seen. You know, she's also 30 now and Mm -hmm. we all know that's kind of an age that can be difficult and she's had injuries and she's had that shoulder, uh, you know, for a while and she had surgery and came back from it, but you know, continue to say that that was something that uh, continued to cause pain for her. It affected her serve for quite a while. So a lot of factors in play. I think, you know, for tennis and women's tennis in general, it's certainly a crowd drawer for her to be back. I think they mentioned some crazy number, like I can't even remember the number, but just watching her practice sessions, there were an immense number of people Mm -hmm. showing up. So let's just take the positives from this and, you know, move forward with it. And, again, it would be interesting to see if both of these players can find a way to, you know, launch and, and start cruising again um, and, and perhaps finding the consistency. And that's really the key word, right? Uh, without the consistency, you're never going to win titles. And it's not just, as you said, with Jeannie putting up one win. It's can you back it up and back it up? and back it up, and then maybe you'll be right. getting some titles. Yeah, and uh, absolutely, well, good points there. And uh, 
you're going to be on site as uh, as early as tomorrow, Karen. And uh, the first day, we had six six seeds go out: Muguruza, Conta, Spitalina, Pavlyuchenkova, mm-hmm. Lucic, Baroni. Obviously, Conta really hasn't found her form yet on clay. Pavlyuchenkova just coming off a, a title, so that was a quick turnaround for her. But Garby, obviously, uh, a Roland Garros mm-hmm. champion. Uh, very interesting there. Uh, Wozniacki went out as well. Um, decimated draw already. I, I, this is a, a bit of a surprise to me. Your, your thoughts on uh, all these players exiting so early? Well, you know, Sidalina's been a little up and down. Uh, Lucic Baroni, you know, made some great strides with Presta Fall down under and, you know, has the potential, but Again, I think the consistency word comes into play here. Uh, Conta's played a lot of matches. So, and I think a couple of weeks ago, she was saying she had some type of injury. So, you know, there's always that factor in there. Garbini, you know, we were kind of surprised that she came back um, earlier on and seemed to be playing well, you know, looking pretty good at Indian Wells. But she also has had an honor off. Uh, foot problems so so many things in play and I don't know the pressure of playing at home works for some people Mm -hmm. or it can be a disaster for some people like Sam Stosser you know and at home in Australia so um, a lot of factors there and and I don't know that I can predict uh, you know what's going on with all of these ladies but you know it's tennis look one one bad day in the office and you're done so uh, we, we yeah. all know what a bad day yeah. is like, and, and, you know, it's just different when the whole world is watching and, you know, one strike and you're out. Yeah, I was on TalkSport in London last night, and they were a little concerned about Joe Conta's uh, lack of success on clay, and I made a couple of mm-hmm. points. Number one, Karen, two years ago this very week, Joe Conta was playing a $50,000 challenger on clay. Obviously, uh, she found her form on the grass shortly thereafter and has been a different player altogether, but uh, still really not all that successful on clay. And I made a point of, um, you know, similar game to Venus Williams in the sense of they have their success on grass and hard. Venus Williams only won two clay tournaments in her career. Uh, still plenty of time mm-hmm. for Joe Conta to turn that around. And, um, yeah, do, do you think uh, we will see, uh, given Joe Conta and her, her game, do you think she'll find some success on clay? And if so, uh, when as soon as when might we be able to see that? Um, you know, I think Joe is as focused as anyone I've seen, and maybe she's not in great clay form right now, but it seems like she sets her mind to something. She goes out and finds the right person to help her. You know, a, a lot of people question why she left her last coach behind, um, you know, only to pick up, you know, an amazing coach that, you know, helped a number of players like Kim Kleisters to succeed. Uh, you know, it's going to take time, right? You don't, you don't build that kind of skill and have the, the comfort in movement and understand the way that you've got to adjust your game that quickly. And so, Maybe she won't have the greatest season on clay this year. I would, you know, expect to see some wins. I don't know that I would expect to see titles. But it would not shock me if within a year she's found her ground, she's, you know, learned how to make the adjustments to her game and understand what she's got to do differently. 
um, how her game plays on clay and how to maximize her potential on that surface. Yep, good call. I'm going to give two names here and uh, like to get your thoughts on what we might be able to expect uh, not only this week but uh, in the clay court season leading into Roland Garros, um, those being Angie Kerber and Svetlana Kuznetsova, uh, obviously both uh, major champions, uh, Kerber, at the top of the game at this point in time, uh, so says the ranking, uh, Kuznetsova really mm-hmm. starting to turn some heads with respect to what she's able to put together really in the last couple of years. But uh, um, I have high expectations for both. I think a little bit more for Kuznetsova in the next few weeks. I would agree 100%. You know, if we look at 2017 performance, Kuznetsova has outshined Angelique in so many ways. Uh, additionally, Kerber or I should say Jeannie, <laughs> after getting the win, gets Kerber next. So depending on her motivation, is she riding high, you know, off of the win over Maria? And is she going to come out, you know, firing all cylinders, possibly? Uh, has Kerber shown that she's able to take on that type of opponent well this year? Not really. Because uh, is comfortable on clay, trained in Spain, you know, success on clay, Confident, she, in talking with us at Indian Wells, talked about how she's adjusting her training, her practice. She's really listening to her body. You know, again, this is a mature player that has been around for a long time, very much a professional, works very, very hard. But I think much like Federer is coming to understand, you know, I have enough experience under my belt I have the confidence. I know what I'm capable of doing, and I don't necessarily have to go out every day and grind my body. If I wake up and I'm feeling a little, you know, not quite right, I'm not necessarily going to go out and hit for, you know, a couple of hours. I'll go out and do what I need to do. I'll do prehab work, post-hab work, you know, maybe flexibility and other things. But, you know, she talked quite a bit about that, and... Again, I think it's just a smart move. If I had to put money on anybody versus, mm-hmm. you know, because that's I would absolutely choose Svetlana. Yeah, good call. Um, and we're going to talk about just a couple more names here in the WTA before we switch over to the ATP section, Karen. Um, Agar Edwanska, unfortunately, on the shelf. Um, she's taking precautions. She's hoping to play Roland Garros, but a uh, big void mm-hmm. in Agatha's schedule here, missing the next few weeks. And then also Belinda Bencic, wow, uh, you know, um, wasn't so long ago that uh, she beat Serena Williams in Toronto uh, on the way to mm-hmm. that title uh, and uh, was really playing exceptionally well. Uh, I saw her uh, actually even beat uh, Panetta in Cincinnati uh, on, you know, that was uh, right before Panetta won the U.S. Open and then uh, went into retirement. That's how well Benchich was playing. This is what she's capable of. Mm-hmm. But, wow, uh, very unfortunate that uh, she has been seemingly on the shelf more than more than, uh, more than than not. But uh, do you think we'll see Aga uh, in Paris? Uh, well, it's a shoulder injury. I'm not sure how severe, so, you know, uh, uh, that's a wild card there. I really, I really don't know. I hope so. I think you know mm-hmm. <laughs> most people hope so. She's one of the most interesting players to watch with her ball placement and her ability to mix things up. Um, you know, as far as Benchich is concerned, absolutely. I was in Cincinnati with her, and 
you know, got to sit in on her presser after she beat Serena saying, hey, one day I can tell my grandkids I beat Serena Williams, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Serena not necessarily her best at that time, but still a win is a win. Uh, with Ben, I think there's been a lot of expectation around her early. I always mm-hmm. worry a little bit about those young players that, you know, have so much pressure on them because, though, that's going to be the next great thing. And we know that it's a long, hard road to make that a reality. And, you know, just because you start out playing strong doesn't mean you have the longevity. Um, I'm not saying she doesn't. I certainly hope that she does, but it is a little concerning that so early on in her career she's dealing with problems. And, you know, that that just brings me to another thought. I, You know, I'm beginning to wonder if some of these kids starting to play, you know, four or five, six years old, Mm -hmm. playing hours and hours per day, their body's not developed, their bones haven't grown, their muscle, their tissue structure, all that is not intact. And I don't know, i got to wonder if, you know, pushing some of this mm-hmm. too soon sets players up for weaknesses and, and injuries, you know, and is it better to just build a strong body, strong mind, flexibility with these young kids, develop good core skills, but not necessarily press, you know, to push the body so much this soon. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, good call. I, we wish uh, Aga Radwanska, Belinda Bencic, uh, very good health, as we do all the ladies on the WGA Tour here in the clay court season and beyond. And, Karen, switching gears now to the ATP, Novak Djokovic with a uh, bombshell. Uh, guts his whole team. Uh, it then came out, uh, it was said that they um, they knew about a month ago that this was coming. Uh, he is not, he's mm-hmm. without a coach at the moment, Um uh, said uh, shock therapy is how he described it. Uh, says he's looking for somebody who's had comparable results. And uh, uh, one name that has surfaced out of uh, out of press in uh, the U.K. is none other than Andre Agassi. Uh, Djokovic, Karen, um, said that he wanted somebody who's had similar experiences. Obviously, both of these guys have done their best work at the Australian Open. Uh, both have a career Grand Slam. Seems like a pretty good fit, although Andre's pretty pretty busy with all his charitable work and schools and uh, uh, I could see this maybe uh, for the majors, Indian Wells, maybe Cincinnati and that would be about it but that might be all Djokovic needs Uh, first off uh, Djokovic decimating his team number one and second of all the possibility of Agassi or someone else Mm -hmm. well you know Novak is a player that is, again, quintessential professional. He's got the experience. He's not developing a game at this point. He's fine-tuning. I think Agassi could be an excellent choice. Uh, again, given the experience, perhaps even, you know, a dip in motivation in love for the game and wanting to go out there and um, finding a way to – to constantly go out on that court motivated and ready to put out 100%. You know, obviously something is going on with Novak, and, hey, you know, he doesn't have to reveal what that is, right? We can all ask the questions, but um, in some ways, good on him to keep something close to his chest and why he's making the decisions he's making. You know, people say it's shocking, but, you know, just because it's never been done before doesn't mean it's the wrong decision. (laughs) Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he, he's got to know himself, his personality, what motivates him, what he thinks he needs right now. And, you know, given technology, Skyping, conference calls, all those things, 
you know, a coach, even if they're not there on court, you know, you can have those conversations. You can, you know, <laughs> review video together. You can discuss strategy together. And Novak's certainly a smart enough guy to, to take in that information and, and use it well. So I, it's a pairing I'd like to see. I think it would be very interesting. And, again, I think a good fit for where Novak is right now or where he seems to be. I like that. And um, we're going to stay off court for, uh, unfortunately, uh, again, we've talked about injuries, WTA side, uh, Djokovic uh, with his camp, with his box, and unfortunately uh, Nick Kyrgios, Juan Martín Del Potro, uh, both lost grandfathers, had to leave mm-hmm. Estoril. Uh, very unfortunate, uh, ironic how it, how it strikes that way. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it just goes back. It, I know that. You know, seemingly this time of the year is when Djokovic has had uh, family tragedy as well, his uh, uh, relatives and uh, mentors, if you will. But, uh, yeah, I hope it doesn't affect Kyrgios and, and Delpo too much uh, going forward. Mm-hmm. But, uh, number one, thoughts on, on that uh, before we dive back into on-court action on the ATP. Well, you know, I mean, it, it's a sad thing, and they both indicated that they were quite close with their grandfathers. So obviously a loss. Grace is one of the hardest things to deal with. And, you know, I'm, I I was glad to see they both left and went home and, you know, kind mm-hmm. of put family as a priority, which, you know, it's a tough call, right? Tennis is one of those sports where it sometimes doesn't easily allow you to attend to your personal life. And I think going with the theme that Nick has said of, you know, I wasn't happy a year ago or so, and now I'm happy. Things are going well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, um, Leighton Hewitt had talked about making sure Curious has to have those breaks in between. He's got to give himself some recovery time. I was a bit concerned yesterday watching him play Baghdadis because he was indicating some hip issues, and a uh, trainer did come out and work on him a few times, and he's another one of those. Huge, huge, huge potential, but we've seen back injuries with him already, and and so I hope he's going to find a way to manage that. And also on the lines with Nick, you know, I think we are watching him mature, and he's garnering fans, you know, who are starting to realize that maybe this guy deserves another chance. And I'm not saying he doesn't have fans, but there were those people that kind of looked at him and said, you know, not the kind of guy I want to support given some of his behavior and. Uh, you know, we talked about him saying in Miami, I'm going to let my racket do the talking. And and in a way, I think this, and he also posted a uh, post on Twitter not too long ago about a young child that he'd gotten in there, probably through some charity venture that I think had cancer, something passed away, you know, indicated with a, you know, sad post gone too soon. So, I'm tending to think these experiences are going to be positive growth for him. Again, what's important in life, you know, tennis matters, but it's not my whole life. It's not necessarily the most important thing in life. It's important because it's my profession and, you know, I need to be a professional and do those kinds of things. But, um, you know, these kinds of personal experiences tend to give you that growth opportunity and, um, you know, obviously for Del Po, I don't necessarily see the need for, for growth in that way, but I think for Curious, it may be one of those personal situations where it's beneficial in some way. I mean, obviously, um, you know, a loss and, and not a happy time for him. 
Yeah, I, well put. And uh, back to the court, uh, Karen, a mm-hmm. uh, couple titleists, uh, Alexander Zverev uh, won in his home country of Germany, uh, second title mm-hmm. of the year. He won in Munich. Uh, Marin Cilic, uh, big names. Cilic over Raonic in a, in a 250 in Istanbul of all places. And uh, mm-hmm. Marin Cilic uh, just was on fire in Cincinnati last year, uh, played exceptionally well there, won the title. Um, I, I was thoroughly impressed with how well he was playing. But this is a guy, historically, Karen, who really starts to feel it around Wimbledon and has, has a very good second half of the year. And you kind of wonder, what you know, what why does it not work for him? Uh, you know, unfortunately for him, going back to when he was U.S. Open champion, he was not able to play Australia due to injuries. But uh, this is a guy that, again, I scratch my head and can't figure out why he doesn't have very good results, uh, even in the Wells, Miami, uh, that it just seems to happen for him beginning in the grass court season and then the North American hard court season and, and obviously plays really well at the U.S. Open. But he's got the game. Um, and, uh, again, very impressed with what Marin Cilic is able to do. He's had a very good clay season so far. Um, interesting with both these guys. Uh, let's let's talk about Zverev and Cilic. Well, you know, Zverev is just continuing to improve and show consistency, you know, and for somebody that young to be performing with that consistency factor already is just tremendously important, and obviously he's garnering success with that. You know, he's got certainly room for improvement, but he's, you know, he's impressive to start. He moves well despite his large stature. Um, I do notice in shooting some of his uh, matches and practices, and you you may notice it yourself, he's still a little awkward. I I kind of equated he's sort of almost like the puppy that hasn't grown into his big claws yet. Uh, But I think that that is, again, probably being a younger person, he probably shot up pretty quickly in terms of height and He's going to get that. You know, I find him sometimes off balance in movement or just kind of awkwardly placed when he finishes a stroke. But mm-hmm. that's going to come over time. He's going to, I, I think, probably work on the balance, work on the flexibility. It's going to improve his movement. And he can put on a little more muscle mass, but I've already seen that change really even in the last year. So I don't see any downside to him as long as he can keep his health intact. Um, you know, sure. going over to Marin, look, he's, he's ranked number seven right now. He's been performing well throughout 2017. He's not really far out of even possibly a number five slot where Rafa's sitting right now. Um, not easy, but not impossible. And you know, he's, again, been around for quite a long time, has got the skills, like you said, you know, he's won majors. Um, mm-hmm. You know, again, is it the consistency? And I don't know with him if I see sort of the killer instinct as much. You know, you see it with all of the top big four and fan, and um, it's something I even sometimes question with Milos. You know, he seems like such a nice guy, and, and not that the top guys aren't nice, but there's something that you kind of have to go out on the court and know, you know, I step on the court, these guys are, that are my friends and my colleagues that, you know, I chat with in the locker room, 
<clears throat> are now my opponent, and it's a different set of circumstances, and I have to look at this differently. <clears throat> so I don't know with Marin if he has that as much, and you know, in order to especially win the majors and the bigger events, you've got to go out knowing you're you're going for blood in a way, and it's on the court, mm-hmm. and you leave it all on the court, and that's how you need to to be when you're out there. You step off the court, give each other a hug at the end. You know, it's all well and good, but you've got to stay in that that mindset that you've got to do everything possible to take it. Yep, very well put. And um, some interesting first-round matches in Madrid so far. Uh, we had Almagro taking out Ribredo, a couple of uh, veteran Spaniards, mm-hmm. and Almagro's reward in, in getting that win is playing none other than Novak Djokovic. Uh, also, uh, we've got Alexander Zverev taking on Verdasco. The winner of that gets Cilic. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting, uh, we have yet another fognini Rafael Nadal match. Karen, they played mm-hmm. five times in 2015. Fognini actually won three of those, including two on clay, one in Barcelona of all places where Rafa just got his 10th career title. So it was obvious mm-hmm. uh, a couple things going on there. Rafa not 100% uh, physical uh, in, in being able to play, but Fognini of all people, I still remember that incredible approach shot at the net in South America that he won the point and won the match. And then that just continued. And it, it was kind of bizarre that uh, if, I, dare I say, Fognini, of all people, got inside Rafa's head, but it certainly certainly appeared to be so. Um, obviously, Rafa in 2017, solid. Uh, a lot of match play under his belt. He's winning again. It's clay season. Um, I think this isn't going to be an issue, but uh, still have to wonder about what happened in 2015, and uh, is Rafa still going to keep that in mind as he takes the court against Fognini tomorrow? Mm-hmm. I think Rafa certainly <clears throat> will go out advised that Fabio is an opponent that can be extremely dangerous. Uh, will he keep the match in mind in terms of the lingering thought of, hey, he took me out? Probably not. You know, I, 2015, that's a long time ago. Uh, I don't think mm-hmm. Rafa generally underestimates anybody, and he he does understand that, it can be anybody's day and maybe not his. Um, what I like about what I'm seeing with Rafa right now, I love there's a lot of things, but in particular, he's winning efficiently. You know, I had and still have concerns about him playing too much tennis prior to the French Open, if that's possible. But he's winning more in two steps. So that's a very, very, very positive thing. And then, you know, that brings down the amount of on-court time and, and the wear and tear on the body and the need to recover. So I think that's all very mm-hmm. positive. Um, on the Spanish side, it hasn't been a great day for uh, They've lost three players, Batista, Karina Busta, and Ramos Vignolas. So, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> if you're at all superstitious, it may not be a good sign. The only other concern with Rafa right now is he's indicated an ear infection. Yeah. that he's in quite a bit of pain and you know that also can affect you know balance um and you know that can absolutely affect movement so that could be a tricky thing to go out and play with and in fact the tournament moved his match I think, to tomorrow in order to try to accommodate mm-hmm. and you know give him a little more time to get through that so let's we'll see 
Yeah, good call. And uh, before we wrap up, Karen, uh, if you can just elaborate a bit on uh, your your travels, uh, starting in Madrid, and uh, where you what uh, what other tournaments you will uh, attend, and uh, before you wrap up and come back home. Oh, that's a bit of a wild card right now. I do want to point out just one more thing in Madrid. We have a lone uh, USA player still on the drawn singles. That's Ryan Harrison. Ryan Harrison. Yep. Probably not the one that people expected. And also, interestingly, Jack Stock and Nick Kyrgios are paired up in doubles. So I like it. That's that's kind of a formidable team to put out there. And even with their personalities, it's pretty fiery. Sure. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, as far as my travels, yeah, I'm heading to Madrid. Very excited. Been to this event before. Love, love, love it. Uh, then Rome for for a little bit, uh, probably the last four days of the event. Then I'm not mm-hmm. exactly sure. Uh, definitely heading to Queens, Eastbourne. We'll see what has, what we can do with uh, Wimbledon and the French Open. I, I've been to the French Open a number of times. Obviously, if, if Rafa's persisting in the draw, I'll find a way to get there. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, my, I don't have a return ticket yet. <laughs> so I'm going to see <laughs> what else I can throw in. I looked at the schedule. I think I would love to go to Croatia. There's a, a smaller event in there mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. that range of time. And I've heard great things about that event, not to mention that it's a fabulously beautiful place. So um, I'll, I'll have some stories to talk about when I get back, I think. I'll look forward to it. Uh, wish you a wonderful journey, safe travels, Karen, and uh, obviously you're going to be on site uh, very quickly in Madrid to take it all in. So mm-hmm. look forward to uh, following you and your reports online. And uh, on behalf of Karen Health, this is Pete Zebron saying good rest of the day to you. We'll catch you next time on Replay the Point. Good day. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.